Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, and we're streaming at WCEV1450.com. If you haven't already done so, folks, make sure you are connected to us on social media. You will find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. We know you enjoy a good podcast. You will not find one better than the Radio Islam podcast. We are everywhere you get yours at. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Look for us at Radio Islam USA. Now, before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsors, IFN and ICN, Islamic Foundation North, and Islamic Center of Naperville for their support. Uh, we don't have a queued up applause, but you are getting lots of applause, lots of appreciation. All right. Okay. That works. That works. That works. <laughs> that works. All right. Radio Islam family. As we get into our program today, this is something I think that is of vital interest. It deserves the time uh, and consideration to talk about uh, an issue of 51, 51 women, women of color, uh, predominantly men, women of color who have been killed since 2001. Uh, their deaths unsolved, and there's a growing concern that uh, this is the result of the presence of a serial killer. So we have joining us in studio today two individuals to help us uh, talk through this and to talk about the concern that faces us and some of the, and some of the uh, asks that are being made of our elected leadership uh, and our police department, for that matter, here in Chicago. Uh, we have joining us, uh, this is actually his second time back. Uh, it's good to have my brother here, Bishop Greg L. Greer. Uh, back joining us again. Uh, he is a public speaker, journalist, minister, and social justice activist, and the founder and president of Freedom First International, a non-governmental organization working for alternatives to racial hate and promoting world peace. And we know, we know we need Hallelujah. more world Hallelujah. peace, right? Uh, and that's yeah. worth that's worth fighting for. Hallelujah. Uh, and we have joining him, uh, his colleague, uh, our brother Rabbi Michael Ben Yosef, who is present, president of Tikkun uh, Kai, and the uh, the congregation is Romania Israel Congregation. Romania Israel Congregation in Kenya and Chicago. All right, Amen. thank you so much. Uh, and uh, he is also vice president of internal relations for Freedom First International Hallelujah. as well. So we welcome you both. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can be be with both of you. Amen. Thank you. Mix and learn. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I recently I saw that there was a, a press conference. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, and I also saw a clip on uh, ABC News uh, yes. recently where they covered this, and they're saying uh, they pointed to they said that there's a, a group of, of activists, pastors, religious leaders, and they're saying this is the case, and nobody's paying attention. That's correct. So, to kind of walk us through um, how this began, why the ask now, and and where do we go from here? Uh, who you want to take the take take guess, that uh, swing? I guess I'll start first. Bishop Greg O. Greer. Um, so we are have been on the front lines on this issue uh, through two phases. The second phase of this started when um, an organization called the Murder Account Accountability Project um, did a documented study with data that showed a pattern of women, young women, 
being murdered in Chicago, like you said, women of color, mm -hmm. in the urban communities, South Side, Far South Side, and West Side, and for those who live in Chicago, those are the urban communities. For those who don't, then you know that those now know that those are the urban communities, and uh, the. Murder Accountability Project out of Virginia has uh, a history of going into areas uh, of concern whenever there's problems such as murders and high levels of violence, but most, mostly they deal with murders. So they actually worked through Chicago, they volunteered their services to the police upper echelon, the chief and the upper echelon, meaning the commanders. Mm -hmm. And while working with the headquarters, they came up with the survey of uh, 51 there's 51 murders um, that they are seeing a pattern. Strangulations, women found in um, women who have been murdered through strangulations, asphyxiation. Uh, some of the bodies were set on fire, multiple cases, um, multiple cases where a um, uh, few of the young ladies' fingers were mm -hmm. cut off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of the cases, 51, have uh, again the same commonality. Now we know that there are actually more cases of murders out there and then there's a higher level of missing, but for the intensive purposes, they came up with specifically with 51. So we believe that eventually it'll even be more than that because there's a lot of young, over 200 young ladies who are missing. So once that project came, it was the first official reporting body. Mm -hmm. Prior to that last year in that Excuse me, I'm sorry, let me go back real quick. Murder Accountability Project released their results in February. We went and took it, when I say we, I should be more specific, Freedom First International, our organization, our coalition, took that down to the police department on the police board meeting and did a press conference and said, well, hey, now we have official reporting body to justify what we've always felt in the community, that there's an awful lot of young women being murdered. Let me ask this. So you present this at the police board meeting. Yes. The responses that I have seen, um, I'd like to know if those are the responses that you have been given, uh, that the coalition has been given. And the response is has been uh, from our uh, current police uh, superintendent, please do, um, uh, Eddie Johnson. And that is, he says, if there was a serial killer, I would be the first one to you know, to to uh, mm -hmm. to recognize it, mm -hmm. uh, and and then of course, you know, uh, the logic says that if you recognize it, then you're going to do something mm -hmm. uh, about it, mm -hmm. right? Now, how does first of all, we have to go back to how you define a serial killer? Well, you know, there's there's uh, several factors, and we're not the resolute experts on this, but. Um, if there's a, consecut uh, consecut uh, a consecutive pattern, excuse me, mm -hmm. and the MO has to be, uh, you know, like here, the MO is strangulations. Right. So we've already identified 51 cases of asphyxiation and strangulation fatalities. Right. And then after that, then we've also said that a, a few of the ladies, um, you can count them on a hand that we know of, and we it may even be more than that, were found in garbage cans. And I, maybe I didn't say that. And they were actually settled. They were actually burnt. Mm -hmm. So the bodies were burnt, set on fire, murdered. So um, you know these, all of the modus operandi fit into a pattern, a consistent pattern that says this is a serial killer. All right. This, this has is, happened more this than. This has happened multiple times. Multiple times. And there's a particular 
um, demographic or particular, mm-hmm. um, there's a gender, right? Right. Uh, that that's being attacked. Demographic, right? Geographic. Okay. Yeah. Because it's happening on the south side of Chicago, far south side, and west side, which are all urban, mostly black areas, all poor, economically challenged. Mm-hmm. A lot of the women. Uh, one more piece. A lot of women were disappearing from around parks. Right. Garfield Park on the west side, Washington Park on the south side. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, what I think, uh, first I have to say for uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, her response was not even not even addressing the serial killer aspect of it. She simply said the the, the number of the, the number of women that have been killed, that in itself is alarming. Right. Mm-hmm. That in itself deserves attention. Yes. Uh, it's difficult to imagine that. That you could have 51 women die in say lincoln park right or (laughs) and and there not be some type of an uproar uh there not be some type of an official response and recognition right Mm -hmm. so i appreciate the fact that at the very uh you know that she she's taking these numbers saying okay well there's something wrong but but you mentioned also the clearance rate so let's kind of get out some of the things that are in the way of maybe people really understanding what we're looking at. And that is the the uh, impression, first of all, that these communities are already replete with violence, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then second, externally, how the system negotiates that. Um, when they come in to investigate, we're looking at a homicide rate, clearance rate, mm-hmm. I think last time I, I looked, it uh, was like around 20%. That might be high, maybe 13%. Well, no. Yeah, that's conservative. Well, what is the what is the known that it, basically if you're murdered in Chicago as of today, yeah, basically there's a average 90% chance that that murderer would get away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, we have these two things, right? And and some other factors we could probably talk about as well. Mm-hmm. But how do you, let's first first address those uh, those issues that are on the table. Well, when you look at the, the system uh, in general, we always know, look at the history of the country, what it was founded on. It was founded on genocide. It was founded on oppression. It was founded on um, mass murder of uh, the government uh, doing what it did when it came to this country hmm. and its ambitions to, uh, to annihilate and eliminate the people and rob the people of the, the, the righteousness of what they have in, in, in their lives. Uh, 400 years of, of oppression, um, and, and we see now at this point in time in the, in the years uh, that the uh, the system is consistent in what it wants to do. It does not want to have any value of people of color to have any resource of, or, or justice for the people. The reason why we have these numbers are record-breaking numbers is because of the color, it's, it's because of our skin. Mm-hmm. It starts with inequality. It starts with the zip code. It starts with uh, you're you're still going to be considered as n- not human or three fifths of a human being. It starts with those parameters of racism. So when we have a, a gentleman, well, I can't really call him a gentleman because he does not represent our values. Mm-hmm. When you have an a- African individual of color that sits in his seat of power. And gets on TV and says that the, that if there's a report made, I will be first to acknowledge that. That's alarming. 
because what it says to us is that you're not interested or even want to even look into. You have families right there right now who is hurting. Mm -hmm. You have right now families who are uh, in limbo, don't have the have the answers. They they go to bed at night, not being able to have the understanding of what happened to their children. That's that should not happen to them. It should be that we should have the more of a concern and 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 be the the uh, the leaders that that they need at this point in time in their lives so they can have some sort of closure. But it's not happening because so, of the fact you have, you know, again we have all, all our priorities are mixed up. The officials in denial. Well, one of the things that I I want to be really careful and, and deliberate about doing is <clears throat> is leaving room for uh, for growth uh, and and. By that I mean that the superintendent's response to it may have been to dismiss the idea of a serial killer, right, uh, off the bat, um, but to leave room to say that, okay, even if you don't think it's a serial killer, there's still something evidently wrong with 51 women of Absolutely. color um, having been murdered in the fashion that they have been, mm -hmm. right? Uh, there's something wrong with it, and that deserves investigation. And it is not... Um, I don't think that, to, to your point that you mentioned about the history, right, the, uh, the history of, of, of oppression and violence and anti-blackness and all these other uh, different toxins that we've had to deal with uh, throughout the formation of this nation, uh, I don't think it goes against reason to say that that has also impacted the culture of police relations to communities of color, uh, that, <clears throat> that within those institutions, there may be, there may be a, a, a sense or a proclivity to dismiss violence, to dismiss um, the disappearances and, uh, dis you know, all of those things just because of those inherent uh, biases or prejudice, prejudices that they have. This is what we have to understand and, and put on the table here. This system is about racial cleansing in any way, shape, or form if there's going to be a manner of where the hands are not being put upon the numbers, mm -hmm. they will do whatever they can to allow that to happen. We have to be very honest about the history of this system. The history of America has been only about the oppression and racial cleansing of our people. When you have uh, the young man, I'm going to use this example, mm -hmm. the young man, the young baby who was a white child, that was missing in, um, and it was a good story. Or the parents was saying, yeah, and, and the South parents South. was went on TV and they had a press conference and said we need to find a child and everything. What did the officials say? Mm -hmm. They said we will move mountains mm -hmm. to find this child. We will move mountains to find this child. Now it's not, and God bless the, the you know, may his memory be a blessing to us all. However, we have to look at the racial divide when it comes to the sense of urgency. The sense of urgency is not for the people of color. It's only the sense of urgency for those who are the, of the one top percent. It's only a sense of urgency to people of who are not of color. When you see all the cases, 51 cases, it's absolutely inequality. It's absolutely no uh, moving anything forward. Bishop, you had something you want well, you want to add. What I wanted to say was, you know, even on a, a more micro level, you know, here's the facts. We can speak to the facts and and really say, um, taking Rabbi's point and drilling it really, 
um, the response that came from Eddie Johnson was yes. Uh, basically, when asked, well, if you don't want to say it's a serial killer, quote unquote, right. uh, in the police board meeting, then where have the public service and public safety announcements been? Because we know for sure that there's a body count. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Where has the press conferences to address? His immediate response was that we are now working with the FBI on the investigation of these young ladies. I said, well, hmm. that's interesting because no one has heard of this until today. Terrible. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I want to go back to, um, I, because I believe that a lot of what we see that we are, that appears to be very cut and dry is very often uh, constituted of many different layers. And we, we have, of course, anybody in the United States, you know, we are hyper-conscious of, of, of race. Uh, and that is due, you know, to the history. Sure. But we also have the issue of class, right? And I see mm -hmm. a convergence of, of class as a big part of this. This is taking place in areas where this is a, you know, we have people who are in communities that are that are struggling, right? Yes. The wor working people yes. or working poor yep. or, you know, uh, places that are improperly served. Mm -hmm. right? I, don't, I, say, I don't say underserved. I say improperly served. I like that. Um, I like that. So, yes, sir. So there is a disconnect a lot of times when it comes to services, mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to uh, relationships, um, particularly police community relationships. Mm -hmm. There's a kind of a, a disconnect. And when it comes to economics and education, all these different things that give you a sense of peace in a community mm -hmm. are, are missing mm -hmm. where, where these things are taking place. So I wanna go back to the point that even for those who are in the community, well, maybe those folks in the community, they may, they may see something's wrong, but people outside the community, because that is what they see, this mm -hmm. issue of class, that maybe that has as much to do with this as it does, um, as it does race. Absolutely. I would say absolutely as well. And, you know, going back to the history, as, as Rabbi has also stated, you know, we know that Chicago, and for those who don't know, it's one of the most segregated cities in the in the country yeah maybe and on a world-class basis it's historically segregated yeah so you know the level of services would be different in some of the urban areas you don't see the same quality mm -hmm. um, and to your point you know uh, one thing that had been said and I'd like to notate is some and I and I and I hate the fact that this is even mentioned because I, I I don't know it to be the truth but if it is I mean it's they're saying that a lot of these women were prostitutes or, or uh, you know, street professionals, whatever you want to sex call workers. them latest. Mm -hmm. Sex workers. Okay, yeah. I think that's the more common term now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I would like to say that there's quite a few, even one case that I always want to address, her name is Teresa Bunn. In the case of Teresa Bunn, she disappeared from Evergreen Park, Evergreen Plaza, which is uh, 25 minutes outside of downtown Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, on November 10th of 2007. November 12th, her body was found in High Park in the dumpster. She was strangled, um, which is what the reports say. Nine months pregnant with baby, mm -hmm. her burnt body. She wasn't a sex worker. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know the consistency of sex 
workers being a defector. But what I do know is the, the facts are, at, as it stands, we have 51 women. Um, majority of them of, are of color, black, who have been murdered. Mm. Well. And poor, economically challenged communities. And that brings, that brings up a whole host of considerations. Uh, because mm-hmm. oftentimes people who are living in these communities are as much um, victims just based on the fact that they don't have the wherewithal to leave those communities, right? right? So I don't have enough money to afford uh, safety. I want to go back again. I'm not stumping at all, right? She's won the election already. But uh, a lot of her remarks uh, at, uh, at the uh, inauguration, um, they really, really set with me. Uh, and one of them was that safety, to paraphrase her, safety is not something, is not a commodity of the wealthy. It's not supposed to be a commodity of the wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we associate certain neighborhoods with, with a, you know, a, reason, a, a certain amount of, of safety, of security. Mm-hmm. That's, not at, that's not the case for these communities. So I want to be really, um, I want to be really intentional about what are the steps to get to where we need to be? They've already mentioned, you said, that they're talking with the FBI to investigate, right? But what does that mean in terms of services? What does that mean in terms of community education? Uh, and what does it mean in terms of, uh, of of how the community can take part in its own, uh, in its own defense? Well, um, let me let me start here. And I know, but let me cut you off, Rabbi. Right. And I know we probably we probably need to, uh, to do this again uh, because really, <laughs> because these are these are questions really yes. that are best uh, that are best presented to our police department mm-hmm. uh, that are best presented to those who, you know, who have the responsibility for allocating resources. So well, you you look at you you brought up a very good point here. We were down at the Riverwalk. Right, we were at the Riverwalk. We had an action at the Riverwalk. We were speaking out against that Rahm Emanuel should not be named uh, after the Riverwalk. That was illegally funds were taken for other programs to do this funding of this uh, renovation to build the Riverwalk. However, our point was this: the priorities of putting money to places that is for. to put uh, money towards places that is of of wealth and prosperity, that's the that's the that's the that's the core of the issue. While we what we're dealing with, they're not going to bring a PSA for mm-hmm. people of color because again, it's 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 paint, painted in our faces the disrespect to our people. Is this a continuation of Black Lives Not Mattering? Exactly, exactly what it is. And it's, it's, it's an indirect way, but it's also a psych, it's a it's a behind the doors way. It's it what's in, in your face way is that we're not going to put a PSA for you. They'll put a PSA for for flooding. They'll do for like if if, if there's going to be a a, a a parade or something, or uh, someone's coming to town. Mm-hmm. But we don't have what is more important of our women, our sisters. Who are missing and don't the families are left without having any, any form of, of, of answers, questions being asked for them for them to have closure, 
they don't know where their their loved ones are at. You see, you see on Facebook of this day they've been missing and have not still been. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, Bishop, let, let me ask you: Is it more important that there's a recognition that it's a serial killer, or is it more important that simply all resources are brought to bear to to to, to really investigate and give these families? a sense of, of closure? Well, the most important issue that can happen right now is that we have to stop the body count. Mm -hmm. We have to stop the murders from happening because at this point, nothing else really matters. If this person is out there, people, or whoever it is, is out there committing murders, then what if it has to be public safety announcements, then that has to be the priority. And then we have to go back and look at the investigations to tune in the resources to see if we can catch this person or group of people. Hmm. Uh, Bishop, uh, Bishop, at a, at a press conference, gave um, the new mayor uh, the time frame. Mm -hmm. And the time frame was if that was not met of this PSA to get out there, that we're going to go and continue our, our, our campaign and pursue more media coverage and conference press conferences. Whatever we need to do to get this out there, because a lot of people think this is not happening. You know, I, I, I ride the bus and hear, I talk on, you know, do Facebook Live about this. And it's just not the concern, the sense of urgency of our people not really caring or understanding that it can not happen to them. It can happen to you. Let me go back to one of the clips I saw. I think it was the uh, Associated Press piece. And there was a, a, a brother who was just, you could see the frustration. Yeah. You know, he lives in the community. As a matter of fact, I think it was, it was his oh, sister right. that was it one was of the his um, auntie, actually. His aunt. Mm -hmm. And you, you could hear the frustration uh, and the, just the, the disappointment, the fact that his, uh, his aunt had been killed. Mm. Uh, and then to, to further compound things in the manner in which our body, you know, was, yeah. was treated afterward. Right to be burned uh, found in a, found and in a garbage can. yeah, found yeah. in the garbage can. Right, so it's just it's just it's it's just trauma on top of trauma. Mm -hmm. Right, so I bring him up because the people in these communities, it seems like they're aware of what's going on. They are. They're aware. They they know what's happening. So the PSA, if that would be the route, then it's not necessarily for the people in those communities. Then would it be? It, would it be for so, so everybody that's not a part of those communities, so they know what's going on. Well, it would. I think it would be a, a multiple, multi-purpose thing because if you had a PSA, then in a way, then we could let people know. Again, there's a uh, um, women who are who have a high amount of women who have been killed. That would help out to let the public know that they're drawing attention. Then the second thing is, you know, we're starting to ask the specific questions, and also we're putting the communities who are um, who are in danger, we're putting them on notice. And then, you know, a lot of these cases are resolved. This is, for, I feel like we're living in to catch a killer one on one. Like if this was a movie or a documentary, is what we're living, because a lot of these cases are resolved with communication from the public. So if, unless they're aware of it. You know, I mean, again, I don't understand the, the the direction of CPD because they're not engaging the public. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I think one of the things that we're looking at, politics is, all, is always uh, a consideration. Mm -hmm. 
right? Big time. Do we want to continue to see uh, neighborhoods uh, vacant? Do we, do we want to continue to see a shrinking African American population? Uh, and that is the that is the state of affairs uh, right now, where there have been more African Americans that have left the city over the past uh, ten years, mm-hmm. uh, either left or been displaced, mm-hmm. right? Pushed out the city. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. But I do want to be solution-oriented, right? The first, thing, the first thing that has to be done is there has to be a recognition that this is, this is unacceptable, well, right? The thing is, you have the head, the head cop comes on TV, has a press conference, and gives, when we have our press conference, yeah. he dampens our mission and says, oh, there's nothing, there's no smoke there. He's contradicting himself too. So there's there's a lot of contradictions going on, and then the glimmer of light. Not to interrupt you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But to add to what you're saying is the mayor says that there is a problem that exists, which is more than what we've gotten to date. So there's a small glimmer of light there. Good. But Good. Uh, the main thing is our pressure, and the pressure, and the again the galvanized community has to continue. Is there a possibility that this is related to? Uh, an effort not to inspire, uh, not to uh, inspire panic, because that, you know, because if you throw it out there like that and you yeah. don't have a mechanism to really respond, you're still trying to clear 51, or maybe you're starting, maybe you're just now starting to see that these 51 are all connected, maybe right. Although it's kind of difficult for me to um, um, to fully embrace that idea, and I'll tell you why, because if you watch television Chicago PD this was a part of the storyline very same, uh, same scenario a serial killer that, that had been at work um, unnamed and um, and the, the police in this episode they were basically trying to dance around it you know it doesn't exist well uh, in response to that question I would say that 51 women, young women being murdered and strangled, I think we're already in panic territory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Touche. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. And we yeah. need, and, we and need. specific areas of the community. Not the, This is not even all of Chicago. This is yeah. very direct, specific, targeted areas of the community. Yes. It is uh, society's, you could say society's most vulnerable, uh, among society's most vulnerable. We think about our immigrant, our refugee brothers and sisters often uh, uh, filling that space, but we also have to consider those who don't have the ability to leave, right, right. and go find safety. These right. are the communities right. that they're in, or maybe the communities that they choose to be in, right? But still, nobody should have to be run off. Um, right. Right. So, right. I, so I, I really appreciate um, both of you taking the time, and I appreciate your uh, bringing this issue front and center, and I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that uh, our administration now is going to pick up the challenge and uh, and, and do what's necessary to to end those end that body count. Mm-hmm. Can I say it real quick? Go right ahead. With the with media such as yourself mm-hmm. and journalists pushing this thing, media pushing this thing, um, that's really been our saving grace. This thing has been picked up by Yahoo, BET, the Associated Press, you know. So we are seeing the PSAs because the media has embraced this thing. So the Mm -hmm. the effect is happening in real time, which is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And we would hope that with that continued pressure, then the administration would say, you know, we got to do something because 
as it stands, we won't stop until the body count stops. And one more thing, right here. June 19th, when he's talking about, talking about pressure, we're doing the same thing between Kuhn Kai International. We're having a press conference to, to set the stage for June 22nd, which is going to be a march on Martin Luther King Drive to advocate for the police violence, the police brutality, and the missing women in our community. So okay. that is what's happening today, uh, this month. So uh, we actually wanted they could come out and support us, support me and Bishop while we make the noise in the streets. We need to build coalition. All walks of life who cares about humanity, cares about their family, cares about the, the future of their children. You did not have children to see them in body bags. You had children mm. to prolong your generations, to build communities, and to have your name to be prolonged. But we have now a serial killer in our community, and it's time for us to unite and rise and be united as one. Okay. If this is not a serial killer, I don't know what to call it, I believe. <laughs> I mean, what do you call this? I don't know what, what we, we're, we, we're saying. It's not, I'm not laughing at yes. the, you know, we're not mocking this, yes. but it's just so... I'm sorry. It's disgusting. Well, 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 either way, and that's what I said, that the terminology is one thing, right? But what's most important is that they end it, yes, right? Sir. The security of every single community uh, in Chicago, that should be, and that has to be the goal. That has to be the thing where, uh, and of course, we could really go off into another conversation okay. on the value or the devaluing of, of women uh, in general, and particularly um, African-American women, women of color. So I think that I'll point toward a brighter side, and I'll say that uh, in the sign that we have three women occupying the three uh, highest, three women of color occupying the three highest elected positions in Chicago for the first time ever. And that hopefully is a sign of, the, uh, of what's to come. We would hope that the conversations continue to generate, not just from the, the information that's being put out there to the public, but we want to take these things into the blocks, into the households. Because Thank you. That is where we see that it's going to stop yeah. and where change is going to happen. Listen, we want City Hall to be accountable, but we have to start with the community as a basic foundation oh, for yeah. survival for our community, for our people. We do, and, and I'll, I'll add on to that uh, by saying that it is our police that have the responsibility of protecting life and property. Yes. And it's actually, it's, it's, it's the opposite. Uh, it's normally, and the, the listing is property than life, but either way. Um, hmm. But they have the responsibility of mm -hmm. protecting life and property and uh, working on behalf of the people. So I say that to say this. We depend on them, mm -hmm. right? We depend, we depend on them to do their job. So I want it to be really clear. This is not a matter of demonizing Police. And it's not a matter of, um, of, of shaking a finger at, uh, at our new mayor, right? What it is, it is saying is that if it's going to change, people are going to have to care. Exactly. Right? That's it. No directive is going to change it. If you don't care about the people in these communities, if you think that these people are somehow bringing violence upon themselves or that uh, somehow they are they are not worthy of safety or mm. consideration or patience or mercy, mm. then mm. none of this changes. Profound, profound. None of this changes. So what we're asking for, first and foremost, is to care about these people, Come care on. about Come the community, on. care about oh, their families, the and, and and then That's we can right. get something done. So um, hopefully we can have on some of our police department leadership uh, to, and to talk about 
how that care manifests itself. So, uh, uh, Bishop, Rabbi, Amen. I appreciate both of you. Thank you for uh, having us coming in. Before you before you get out of here, why don't you go ahead and share your uh, social media information or any other uh, websites or anything like that that you would like to so folks can stay uh, contact in contact with well, you. I would I would like to say that uh, two main vehicles um, and we've we've added a, a third one. I'm sure you'll re, re embrace that. Uh, so two main vehicles is we all we have a, a combined coalition called the Chicago Social Justice Network. Which is all of the like all of the coalitions in uh, Chicago. Um, then that is on Facebook. So Ch Chicago Social Justice Network Facebook. We have Freedom First International, and that can be reached on Facebook or freedomfirstinternational.net. Mm -hmm. And that is our that is our uh, combining organization. And the organization has been on the ground leading the charge. And you can go ahead, Rabbi. Uh, well, of course, uh, you can reach me uh, to Kunkai International. Uh, we have a Facebook page called uh, T-C-I-N-W-H-E-L-P-7. Uh, you can reach us also on, on uh, Twitter at T-I-K-K-U-N-C-H-A-I. Um, we're, on, we're on Facebook every, pretty much every day, just posting things, uh, staying up within the news. And if anything we see, we, uh, we share between uh, First, uh, uh, Freedom First International. So we're working together with that to keep... Uh, Everyone uh, well informed and things of that sort. So uh, okay, amen. All right, it has been a pleasure. Uh, please uh, continued strength and tenacity uh, in yes. this work. Um, it's the it's the work of a lifetime. Yes, sir. So yeah. So <laughs> you all are definitely definitely in our prayers. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, Radio Islam family. Uh, we have been talking with Bishop Greg L. Greer and Rabbi Michael Ben Yosef. And we're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. We will be back. This is Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM.